Hello and welcome to this episode. This is Confessions of a Personal Trainer. I'm Chloe, a personal trainer, and my aim is to educate, inspire, and motivate you, and hopefully challenge the thoughts that might be stopping you from reaching a goal. So today I'm going to talk about all things muscle related, muscle building, what is progressive overload, why do we need it, what are the basics of muscle building and this came from, so last week a client who's fairly new said to me that she doesn't want to be bulky and I hear this quite a lot and it is quite a, a common misconception around going to the gym that a lot of females will assume that because they are doing one bicep curl lifting one way they are going to be bulky and the the short answer is that you very likely or you can't accidentally get bulky and you are more than likely to not get bulky I know people who have been in the gym for years who are actually trying to gain muscle and muscle growth happens at a very very slow rate so it is very difficult to put on muscle I'm going to explain all of that in this episode and we're going to explore what you should be doing and what is the most optimal plan for muscle growth. I've actually had to pause this four times now because the cat is being very naughty next to me, but I'm on a tight time schedule now, so we're going to keep going. And if the cat is meowing or rustling the bags because she's trying to get in the Christmas bags, which are next to me, then she's just going to be part of this episode as well. But we've got a busy day today, so we are cracking on. So firstly, this is quite an interesting thing. We actually require a decent level of body fat. And what I mean by decent would be a healthy level, let's say. A healthy level of body fat because an optimal environment for gaining muscle also requires some body fat. So it is pretty much impossible to gain muscle without gaining some fat. This isn't a bad thing or a scary thing. And you might not look that different as well. So it might be, this is where a lot of women will freak out at this point thinking well I don't want to gain weight and it can be very difficult to gain weight especially if you've been in a dieting phase and you've been seeing the the scale change and going down and you felt rewarded by that it then is difficult to think about or to even to see the scale going up because you almost think that's that's not what I want but in this situation if you want to gain muscle you have to accept that you probably will be gaining some body fat as well but actually it is healthy to be carrying some fat because we don't want to be staying at a lean uh, body composition all year round because it's just it's not ideal for our bodies especially as women because our bodies won't function properly without fat so if we have very low levels of body fat you'll most likely see issues with your menstrual cycle so you might not have a cycle at all you might have low estrogen which can affect bone density and also make it difficult to build and maintain muscle anyway so you are going to be in an energy surplus. You're going to need to be in an energy surplus, which means you'll need to be consuming more energy than you burn off, which is different from a fat loss phase. So if you are looking to be in a muscle building phase and you want to gain muscle, it is a good idea to remove yourself from that scale number and base it more on how you look and how you feel. And I'm going to talk about this a bit later on because the scale the scale will change and it's, it's likely that you're not going to get a lot of data from it. You don't get a lot of data from the scale anyway. You just get a statistic, really. You just get a stat and you can look back and see trends, but you can't really manipulate the data. And I'm going to talk about that later on when we come back to 
the reality of building muscle and how much muscle you're likely to to be actually putting on. But for now, we're going to talk about, let's say you've gone from a dieting phase and now you want to end that diet phase and you want to slightly increase your intake and see if you can build some some size, but see if you can put on some muscle mass. It doesn't need to be very complicated. You can keep things very simple. Let's say if you've been eating 1,600 calories in your dieting phase, to put on some muscle, it could literally be the difference between a protein bar or a protein shake. You might only really need, depending on how much of a deficit you were in, if you're in a massive deficit when you were dieting, you might need to increase a bit more. But on a whole, you probably could increase by 200 calories and you might be in a position where you are able to be in an energy surplus. It really depends on how much energy you're putting out. So in terms of your daily exercise, let's say if you did 20,000 steps a day, you're probably in a very high deficit, um, assuming that you're eating a deficit amount as well. If you are more sedentary and you're not moving around as much, then that energy that you're burning will be different. So it doesn't need to be complicated. You just really need to know your overall daily movement and your daily intake. But you could keep exactly the same routine as you did during a diet phase. So let's say during your diet phase, you would focus on getting enough sleep, getting your calories, making sure that your calories were in that range to be in a deficit and getting 10,000 steps. And then for your muscle building phase, your focus, you might still do all the same things, but you might just change the order of the priority. So the priority might now be protein and the steps might be the lowest of the priority, but your daily routine, your daily actions, your daily boxes, if you like, still look the same. So how do we build muscle? This is where it gets interesting. So there, first of all, there is no one size that fits everybody in terms of healthy living and staying active. And the best workout plan is the one that you're able to stay consistent with. And this is the same with diet. The best diet for you is the one that you're able to actually do, stick to, be consistent with, and think about it in, in the long term. What does matter is the actions that you take. So I am. it does matter what training you do if you want to build muscle, and I will talk about this later on. But in terms of the actions, and what I mean by that is progressive overload, eating enough protein and enough calories in general, getting enough sleep, and making sure that you're prioritizing resting and recovering because we can overload the muscles in the gym, but actually the muscles are then growing through the repair which will happen during your recovery so if you're overtraining, your muscles will never get a chance to recover and you're probably not going to see a massive amount of change so they do need to be resting you do need to be recovering and that is where you will see a lot more progress as well and finally staying hydrated as well so those things are all part of the actions that are important and they will all help to build muscle and of course being consistent so that is the magic ingredient that holds everything and helps everything, helps all the progress, doing things over and over again. And in terms of that, I would probably say, you're looking at about four to six months. If you were to, like, in, realistically, if you were to follow a plan for four to six months, I think, I think you should be expecting six months to measure your overall progress. Because muscle growth is hard. And muscle growth, let's do some science. So muscle growth is the increase in the growth of muscle cells. And this is a process that is usually started by resistance training or strength training. It's the adaptation that our muscles experience from 
exposure to progressive overload. So this would be doing things over and over again, increasing the weight, increasing the reps or the number of reps that are lifted. And then as a result, this will increase our muscle fiber size, both in diameter and length. So our muscles are going to get larger through the act of progressing your workouts and making your workouts harder. And this doesn't mean that progressive overload is going heavier and heavier every single set and every single workout because that isn't really possible. Think of it more as if you get the chance to push your body further than you think you're capable of, that is a good time to practice progressive overload. So progressive overload takes months. It takes months of working out, months of following some kind of structure and monitoring the progress. So let's take a deadlift as an example. And if you currently have 50 kilos as a five rep max, so you can do 50 reps. No, you can't, that would be a lot. You can do five reps at 50 kilos. This means that you could probably do 60 to 65 for one rep maybe. But often we will stick with the weights that we're comfortable with. And this is for many reasons, but a lot of people won't push themselves. And this is one of my favorite things about being in the gym with with members is that it's the shock of when they do push themselves and they do it and they're like, oh, I actually did that. So it is great. But let's say that we are serious about muscle building. You are going to need to push yourself. You are going to need to find that limit of your maximum effort. It, it requires effort. That's a key word here. So let's say we are going to do an eight week plan. So on week one, we're going to lift. So we know that you can do 50 kilos for five reps. So week one, we're going to try eight reps. So maybe 40 kilos would be about right. So we're going to go 40 kilos for eight reps for your deadlift. The following week, we're going to aim for five reps. So maybe we choose the 50 because we know you can do that. And then the next week, we're going to try three reps. So maybe this is a, a time to then try a weight you've never attempted before. So maybe... 52. So we know that you can do 50 kilos for five reps. Let's see if you can do 52.5 for three reps. So then the following week, we're going to test your one rep max. And maybe at this point, you've got a new maximum lift. So maybe you do 60 kilos for one rep. Then over that four week cycle, you've increased the weight, but we've changed the rep range. So then the next week, so on week five now, we're going to go back to the original eight reps that you started with, but instead of doing 40 kilos, you're going to try 42.5 kilos for the eight reps. Maybe you can even get 45. And then we're going to try the five rep again. So maybe if last time you did 50 kilos, we're going to try five reps for 52.5 kilos. If that's achievable, then next time we might be able to increase your one rep and so on. So that's already been eight weeks. And then if you think at the end of that eight weeks, you might have increased 2.5 kilos onto your lift, but that is how progressive overload works. So it's not about improving every single week or every single session. There might be sessions as well where you're not improving and that's fine, that's normal. It's all part of the process. You are likely to still be doing progressive overload, but it does take time. So it is important to have a plan. This is why it can be helpful to have a coach, have a trainer, have somebody to go through this kind of plan with you to see the numbers that you're lifting or to have an idea of how far to push you. Another thing to note with progressive overload is that it's not always about the amount of weight that you're lifting at the end goal. So let's say you, you have increased your one rep max for your deadlift, then great. But if you haven't, there's gonna be other areas where you, you have increased. So let's say you're, you're 40 kilos for eight reps there might be a stage where you get to doing 50 kilos for eight reps so even if you're not increasing your your heaviest one 
you will still be putting the muscles under tension, still be increasing that muscle growth and increasing your strength if all the numbers throughout your training program are changing. Now this is going to be the frustrating part when we talk about how much muscle are you actually likely to gain. Fat loss is quicker than muscle. So if you are looking to lose five pound, then you you could probably can do that fairly easily. So fat loss is generally a lot easier and a lot quicker. So if you were to gain muscle and you wanted to gain muscle, if you're a beginner, you've got an advantage here because you're probably going to gain muscle quicker as a beginner. And it's likely that one pound, you can gain one pound a month, roughly, as a one pound of muscle as a beginner. If you're more experienced, it's probably half that. It is very, very slow. The rate of muscle growth is a lot slower than we expect. And that is assuming that you're doing everything right as well. So that that means you are hitting the basics. You are progressively overloading. You are following a consistent training plan. You are getting enough sleep. You are eating protein. You are getting your calories and so on. Let's say you've get you've done your um you've done your dieting phase, you've now done a muscle building phase and you've gained 10 pound. So you think, oh my God, surely a lot of this is is muscle. It's probably not. So I don't want to make this sound all sad, but the reality of it is that that 10 pound is likely to be increased food volume. So if you have been eating more food, you've been in an energy surplus, it is going to be increased food volume. It's probably going to be water or carb stores from muscle glycogen. It is probably going to be some fat. So you probably will have gained some fat and hopefully some muscle. So let's say, and then if you do take creatine or something, a supplement like that, you are likely going to have held on to some some water there as well. It could have an effect. I'm not saying it will, but it is likely to have some kind of water retention effect. So at the end of that, you've gained 10 pound. It is likely that the maximum amount of that or the maximum amount that could be muscle is a quarter. But that's not a bad thing. That's just the reality. So that is just to say rather than if you gain 10 pound rather than you thinking yeah great I've gained 10 pound of muscle you probably haven't you just need to be aware of the reality of that and another thing actually I've just thought of something else so I hear a lot of the times if people have gained weight they'll say oh well muscle weighs more than fat and it doesn't because five pound of muscle is still going to be five pound of fat five pound is five pound it looks different on your body so even if you have gained 10 pound you may not if if that is muscle, some of it's muscle, a quarter, then your body composition is going to be very different anyway. So even if you had a picture of you side by side um, when you were 10 pound lighter and now 10 pound heavier, you might look leaner. So you might, even though you're 10 pound heavier, you might look as if you weigh 10 pound less because muscle will take up less space than fat. It's not that it weighs any different. Five pound is still five pound, but it will take up less space. So it will look different. Your body composition or your shape of your body will look different. So I do recommend having a plan, monitoring your progress as well. So I would say it is equally important, whatever phase you are in, whether it it was a dieting phase and now you're going into a muscle building phase, the basics still can be the same. Your plan can still be the same. Your routine, your structure can still be the same. It's just slight tweaks that you need to make really. But of course, the magic key is consistency. So that is a little overview into muscle building and hopefully that was helpful and interesting. 
If you've got any questions or if there's anything that I've said today that you're not sure about and you want some more clarification on it or you want some more information on anything that I mentioned in these episodes, drop me a message and we can have a chat. I also have some spaces available for personal training in January. So get in touch if that is something you are looking to do. And as always, thank you for sharing these episodes. If you do tag me on Instagram, it is at underscore Chloe Longstaff. 